1: It was a time machine
0: out of a DeLorean. This is the Stupid Cancer Show. That's hot. people seem to like me because i am polite and i'm rarely late and now the host of the stupid cancer show matthew zachary
1: monday july 19th and welcome back to the stupid cancer show folks the voice of young adults with cancer got cancer under 40 sucks huh Well, get busy living, because the Stupid Cancer Show is here to change the world one chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show features the epic social giving phenomenon known as Causeworld. In our Survivor Spotlight, Jason Malott, young adult survivor of of, uh, undifferentiated soft tissue sarcoma, and the regional chair of I2Y Florida. And Syriac Roding, the CEO and co-founder of Shopkick, Causeworld, and 12 Snap Mobile. As a reminder, this broadcast is a program of the I Am Too Young for This Cancer Foundation. We would like to thank our major sponsors for making the show possible online at i2y.com. We help young adults fight cancer every single day. And we are bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs because our generation deserves better. So hello, my friends, and welcome back yet another fun built and exciting romp through the hay on tonight's stupid cancer show where remission is not a cure and survivorship is all that matters and a stupid cancer welcome to any and all of our first-time listeners here on the blog talk radio network broadcasting live from the chemo deck, our fabulous studio in downtown manhattan i am matthew zachary a 14-year survivor of pediatric brain cancer please welcome my official partner in crime here on the show Hailing right here from New York City, 15-year young adult breast cancer survivor, acclaimed journalist, former deputy editor of TV Guide, and former entertainment news correspondent for the Fox News Channel, the lovely in town is at Lisa Bernhard. Lisa.
0: From the home office in Omaha, Nebraska, as David Letterman used to say. Yeah,
1: from the home office in Omaha, Nebraska. No, was, uh, wa- Wahoo, Nebraska. Wahoo? No, it was Omaha.
0: It was Omaha. It was Wahoo. Yes. Yeah. I will be back in studio uh, next week, and we should tell the folks... Uh, mm-hmm. that after our hiatus in August, we're off for the month of August, but we are back and bigger and stronger than ever in September at a new time, one hour earlier.
1: Yes, we are coming back for Season 7. We'll be announcing this tonight at the end of the show, at the beginning of next show, and the end of the show afterwards. What, what are you showing me? That it is indeed the Home oh, Office Oh, it is the Home Office Wahoo. in Wahoo. Jack just proved both of us wrong.
0: Well, you know what? They used to change the locations. They they had uh-huh. more than they had more than one home office. This is true. Letterman would change around the uh, location to the home office. So we'll, Apology we'll,
1: accepted. What's his go, company called? Traveling p, pants or something? Worldwide pants.
0: Worldwide pants. Go back and, and find Omaha Jack. <clears throat> but anyway, I'm going to go with we'll Lisa
1: anyway by default that you're an idiot, Jack. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, we'll be yes. We'll be in the, we'll announce it at the end of the show and next show. But 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I guess that would be. Uh, what's that? 7 p.m. Central and 6 p.m. Mountain.
1: At one o'clock in Hawaii. Yeah, and, and, and like three in the morning in France.
0: 17 o'clock in New Zealand.
1: What, what's what what's Sri Lanka? What's that like?
0: Hot and sweaty, and they made
1: they made my sneakers. <laughs> Shut up, Jesus! Oh, terrible.
0: Hot and sweaty here.
1: It is. Oh my God, heat wave! I gotta cue up. the... I don't have the heat wave music, but anyway. You gotta queue up something you don't have. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I do. But um, yeah, so new time. What is it? Same, same. Uh, same different bat, bat time. No, same bad channel, different bad time. But we will be on hiatus for August on a much-needed respite. <clears throat> so yeah. anyway, I know he, he keeps speaking out of turn because we forget to introduce him. That's how insignificant he is. But our chief cancer anarchist <laughs> and VP of Grassroots Programming, Jack Buffard, is here. Hello, Jack. Oh, hi.
0: Hello, Jack.
1: Who's don't you know? Just speak. Don't speak till you're spoken to. Yes, but when Lisa's giving out wrong information, <laughs> I need to take a stand on behalf of all of our listeners. You can
0: find Omaha. You'll I know where Omaha around. beef
1: is. Omaha steaks. Jack's uh, talking Omaha steaks. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: But how was your weekend? Yeah, Lisa, what's up?
0: Me? Jack? Yeah. Wait, wait, Jack. Jack actually asked me in earnest how I was Jack my is thinking about
1: someone else for a change. How was your weekend?
0: I'm seriously at a loss that Jack just asked me that question. Suddenly I've gone blank. I'm so paralyzed when just dumbfounded.
1: You know why? Because you're infatuated with me and I was giving you personal attention.
0: <laughs> I'm found out. I I know that Jack and Jack Buffard shoes. What was it, Jack, your 139th Dave Matthews Band concert that you no. went to?
1: Let's not get carried away. That's ridiculous. It was my 129th day <laughs> 29th. I went to uh Friday yeah, shows Friday and Saturday. They were uh shows one twenty eight and one twenty nine for me and then uh I went to a Yankee game yesterday, so it was just a you know typical weekend in the booth life.
0: Lord. Yeah. You've got a nice uh you got a nice life there, Jack. I'm
1: trying. Yeah. Yeah. Superficially, yes. Yeah, superficially. Yeah, we want and then I go home crying to my cats. And I was I was actually uh telling a friend today that I received two wedding invitations in the mail over the last two weeks that were to Jack Bouffard and guest and that just sets this this like fear and panic into me because I'm like, Oh my god, like I don't have anybody to bring to a wedding. <laughs> Where's my
0: wah, 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 wah
1: <laughs> little sound clip? So, so, yes, it's fun to go to concerts and everything, but I really go home and cry in the shower every night because exactly. my life is pathetic. Exactly. Poor well, baby. Well, anyway, Amanda Freeman uh, is not here for good reasons. Amanda is attending a, her very first First Descents retreat. And for our listeners out there, First Descents is the nation's premier adventure excursion and retreat experience for young adults affected by cancer on the web at First Descent. What's her nickname, Jack? Zesty. Zesty. Everyone that goes get that? to I have no idea. I don't know, but I, I sent her a message today to f- ask her what her first descent name was so we could talk about it tonight, and it's Zesty. But I, I didn't get a reason why.
0: She's also we should mention, I, of course, if, if there's anybody new to, uh, tuning in tonight, she is our lovely and fabulous broadcast production assistant. Yes,
1: our lovely and fabulous. At the Aka same time.
0: Zesty. I mean, she is full of zest.
1: We're gonna just call her Zesty from now on. That's fine. That's fantastic. That's me. I
0: I haven't quite heard that nickname before, so it works. Well,
1: Jack went to First Sense, and his nickname is Radio, right? Because he listens to the radio. No. (laughs) And it's not because (laughs) of Cooper Gooding Jr.'s character in the movie Radio. (laughs) No, it's because he knows how to spell the word Radio. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they told me to think Radio and spell Radio. I see. I see. (laughs) We have three uh, in uh, in studio guests tonight. I'd like to welcome back
0: Stephanie Swerski.
1: Stephanie Swirsky is back. She was uh, here last week or two weeks ago. Um, her boyfriend passed away from a, a, a coronary heart disease, I believe.
0: Um, I think coronary is for old people. Oh. Con- congenital, heart congenital heart disease. Congenital
1: heart yeah. disease. My apologies. So, But she is uh, uh, appreciative of the, the notion that any, young adi- any disease for young adults sucks. And she's become a fan of ours by proxy of uh, sort of a different – a different category, but we, uh, we're we sorry in your loss, and this is why we're here, to give voice to this generation. So, welcome back. Amen. We also have a, a new person who came to the OMG Summit. She is a musician from Long Island. Her name is Jennifer Sika. Welcome.
0: Hello. Hi, Jennifer. Hi.
1: Jennifer sings. She doesn't play the the radio like Jack does.
0: Wah, wah, wah.
1: Yes. That's my favorite song. That's actually my karaoke song. What, on the radio? No, wah, wah, wah. Okay. And uh, again I mentioned that you know proving that the the gene pool doesn't go too far in the Buffard clan um his mother's side of the family's uh brother's son his cousin on the 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 uh, deep gene pool uh Patrick <laughs> McNamee, is here. Hello Pat. How are you all doing? Welcome back. What's up Pat? Oh, just chilling, just chilling. <clears throat> so we got a nice compliment here tonight uh to talk about some really really cool stuff, but before we get to Jason, I really just had to I guess we it's, it's I really just want to do the captain obvious news of the week cuz like it's just so ridiculous some of the stuff that that gets put out there. Um oh and just a quick a quick thank you to BP for stop killing animals in the Gulf temporarily. Yeah, All you, right. you, you, did you hear how they how they capped the pipe? I don't even want to know how bad this joke is. They put Mel Gibson's mouth over it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh I've my heard, God. I've
0: heard a different one. BP has stopped spewing, but Mel Gibson hasn't.
1: Ah, there you go. Uh, nice. There you go. But yeah. they're both bad for the environment. They're both very bad for the environment. Exactly. Yeah. Though there was a story that talked about how socializing can help fight cancer, meaning like, you know, being naked alone in, in your house crying in the shower all day is bad for you. <laughs> Jack, what? But it's a great way to kill time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: no, that you didn't go there, did you? And, well, but my cats are home. Technically, I'm not home alone, so... <laughs> I can say I'm home with two females. No. Those don't count. Oh, well then I'm home alone. <laughs> yes, you are. Truly. Anyways, it's like the anti-cancer effect of being social. I love that. That's just Anyway, that was Captain Obvious news of the week.
0: How much money went into that study?
1: Um, probably too much.
0: Yeah.
1: Cuz even 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 if it was 10 cents. Yeah. <laughs> and there was another story my, my, um, I, I stole from Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, she had a great line from one of her recent uh, stand-ups, which is basically that says, um, a disturbing new study suggests that studies are disturbing. So there was an actually, <laughs> the, the, the name of the, the article was called The Disturbing New Study on Cancer. So I just, I cycled that around. And it's just all about how, you know, that we're starting to catch up to the fact that the environment actually has something to do with us getting sick, which is fantastic. Well, speaking of getting sick, did you guys hear the most awesomest news of the week ever in the food world? You had Taco Bell. Well, I had it for dinner last night, but that's not what I'm talking about. What? I'm talking about the new Friendly's burger. Have you heard about uh, uh, this? Oh, it's the double grilled cheese yeah. between the burger? Yeah, I saw that. Well, right. It's It's... A a a burger that instead of a bun you have a grilled cheese on the top and a grilled cheese on the bottom. Yeah, Jack has his in, new lunchtime snack sandwich. You Are re-
0: instead of, what do you mean instead of a bun? It's so, just so instead of,
1: instead of a bun you have a grilled cheese sandwich on either side of your burger. So you make it <laughs> it it's, it's, it's two gr- two grilled cheese sandwiches with a burger in between them. I can't Matthew. take this anymore.
2: Hold okay. on. Are you ready
1: for the lineup? Listen to this. All right. Fifteen hundred calories, eight hundred and seventy fat calories, seventy nine grams of total fat, thirty eight grams of saturated fat, hundred eighty grams cholesterol, two thousand ninety milligrams of sodium, one hundred and one grams of carbs, nine grams dietary fiber, four grams of sugar, and fifty four grams of protein. Oh my! How is,
0: how is Friendly's justifying this in this day and age, and everybody's getting pounced for and, putting and, out misleading But you know like
1: what? It. This this is very misleading because for people like me who pour maple syrup on top of it, <laughs> these numbers aren't accurate. And 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 even if they put it out with the maple syrup, for people like me, it wouldn't be accurate because I also drowned it in butter. <laughs> oh God!
0: Oh, boof. All
1: right, I I I'm gonna throw up in my mouth so. Oh my God! And if you're like if you're fortunate enough to have a Friendly's and a KFC next to each other, you can get this Just grilled cheeseburger the and then get the double down for dessert. Oh my God! Yeah, but I'm looking at the double down. It only has 13. 80 of sodium, which is not, not as much. All right. I'm just going to like skip this whole conversation then. because we shouldn't be encouraging no. our constituency yeah. to eat this food.
0: Next week's show is all about tofu.
1: Yeah. Next week's show. <laughs>
0: uh wow. well, We have two listeners.
1: Oh, my God. All righty. See, the room just went quiet because everybody ran out their friendlies. All right, in our Survivor Spotlight tonight, returning champion Jason Malat is a seven-year survivor of undifferentiated soft tissue pelvic sarcoma, res- resides in Gainesville, where he studies geography uh, at the University of Florida. Gainesville, when he's not doing that, he plans events right to Florida, advocates for young adult cancer patients at local medical centers throughout the university campus, and he got engaged to Eric Reyes at the OMG Summit, which is our annual international conference in New York last May. So please welcome back to the Stupid Cancer Show, i 2 official chief ninja officer, Jason Malott. Speak up, Beefy. And Jason, welcome back to the show, and you have to start out by telling us why your nickname is Beefy. Oh, did I? Oh, you know what? I'm an idiot. I didn't mute him. Unmute him. Ah, yeah, there we go. Now we can hear you, Jason.
2: Oh, okay. That's good. That's a good start. The show why, just went is, <laughs>
1: well, why
2: is that my nickname? Well, that's my nickname because back here in Florida, when I'm not traveling or anything, I have a pretty intense workout regimen, which is really funny because I weigh 120 pounds and I'm five foot nine. So, when you're as skinny as me and you work out as hard as I do, you're just asking for all kinds of goofy nicknames. So that's the one that stuck.
0: Jason, also, have you had a lot of people tell you that they like you a lot?
2: Uh, no, most people can't pronounce the name well enough to figure out that joke, so... That's <laughs> Wait, hold on, can someone please
1: explain that to me?
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, Jason, so you're 120 pounds, I'm sorry, and 5'9"?
2: Yeah, just about. I'm trying to get to the big uh, 125, that's my weight gain goal.
1: You need okay. to go to Friendly's, my friend.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, do go
0: any route but, route but that one. Stay away from Buford.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, Jack definitely eats more than me, but I'm on a high-calorie diet. But I try to make them healthy calories as much as I can. But it's, it's been a struggle for me ever since my treatment. You know, I went in, I was about 135, and now, you know, for several years I couldn't break 100. And now to be at 125 is a huge gain, but I'm still way off where I was. But I'm, my doctors are happy with it, and I feel real good, so that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, that is a good thing. So tell us, you've been on the show before and you told us a little bit of what you've been through, but just to recap quickly for the folks who haven't heard you on before, seven, you're seven years out, undifferentiated, soft tissue pelvic sarcoma. Uh, can you t- sort of explain to folks again what what exactly that
2: is? It's butt cancer. Well, <laughs> yeah, basically, um, my tumor was located in, like, my piriformis muscle, which uh, in layman's terms is basically the butt cheek part of it. Um, so is it was right on the right side there? And if anyone's familiar with Ewing sarcoma, it's my treatments were very similar to that. My cancer was similar to that. But what happens is, with my cancer, they took it out. They looked at under a microscope and said, "Well, it's sarcoma," but that's all we know. It doesn't match anything we know. So it's that's kind of what happened. But I went with a pretty standard sarcoma treatment. So I, I relate a lot to sarcoma patients because. It's very similar to the chemo drugs involved and the way the chemo is administered. But um, unlike a lot of sarcoma patients, I did not have a tumor resection. So but that's basically it.
0: And you've had – and so at this point, your regimen is keeping healthy and going for scans. Uh, is, that, is that basically where you're at at this point?
2: I don't have to have scans anymore. I do have to have blood work once a year to make sure. I'm at risk to develop leukemia as a result of the chemo, of course, because, you know, the treatment causes more problems sometimes. But yeah. also I have to get an echocardiogram every year to test for uh, also uh, heart problems that can develop as a result of some of the chemo drugs that were used. But other than that, um, I try to just eat healthy exercise and just follow what the doctors tell me to do, which isn't a whole lot anymore. I'm kind of on my own.
0: Is that the, so that's typical, the, the potential heart problems that would come up from the chemo?
2: yeah it can be typical um there's a drug that's given duxorubicin uh, some people know it as adriamycin they call it the red death it's it's a (laughs) real nasty chemo drug and it has a lot of side effects and that's one of the ones i believe of that drug but um that one also causes all kinds of other issues like the secondary leukemia and all which is what i'm being watched for now but uh it's weird because with sarcomas, you know, everybody thinks the five-year mark, once you're five years out, you're good. But with a lot of sarcomas, as you approach ten years, your chances of recurrence actually go up again before they go oh. back down. So it's a little different, but it, that's some emerging research. So uh, we're, I'm not planning on getting any more recurrences, uh, hopefully. No,
0: no, you're not. Do they know why that, Do they know why that is, why that surges back up after the five-year mark?
2: I'm not really sure. My guess would be that the the sarcoma treatments have developed um fairly in the, last, in the last 15 years they've made a lot of progress in the 90s especially they made a lot of progress with the drugs. And I'm guessing it's just uh you know the way it works, they don't know a lot about sarcomas unfortunately because they are pretty rare and all of them are different. Of course, mine since it's undifferentiated, I compare it to other sarcomas like Ewing's and osteosarcoma and things like that but it might not be the same it could be completely different so right right
0: so you're still uh you're down there in Gainesville and you're still you're still studying at the University of Florida at Gainesville
2: yes I'm graduating in the spring uh finally after an arduous journey Um, (laughs) it was complicated by you know I have just been able to get back to go full-time class load as a result of just I was getting sick a lot for a while, and I still have pretty pronounced uh, problems with my leg. It, for those of you who know me, they've seen it a little bit. But um, I'm doing a lot better now with some new physical therapy and some new diet stuff. So I'm, I'm feeling good, and I'm going to be getting out of college finally. But now I'm going to grad school, so it just never ends.
1: I have to interject something here, that Jason is the nerdiest cartographer I've ever met. And I mean that in the best sense of the way that uh, everything that Jason suggests to us for development it has to do with something about Google Maps. And it's, he is a geolocation wonk. And I've got to give him credit for that, because that's not an easy skill to pick up and master. So I, I don't know what's going on in your brain right now, but whatever happened in your butt didn't affect it.
2: Uh, well, that, that's, you know, that's the joke that we've always made, is that I will answer every <clears> question with a map. And, uh, you know, anyone who was around me at the OMG Summit knows I had maps for everything for the entire trip. I had subway maps. I had uh, tourist maps, all on the phones, of course. So, um, yeah, I'm really into it. It's it's kind of something I've always been into geography. And once, you know, as, as I got more involved with I2Y and I started developing these skills in school, I realized that there was a real avenue for development. In the nonprofit sector and in the medical sector, to use geographic information systems. And it is related to tonight's topic of CauseWorld a little bit. Um, you know, geolocation, as geographers, we're always interested in mapping trends, you know, where people move, where people go, where people shop, things like that. It's very interesting stuff. So, yeah. That's why I I was real fascinated by CauseWorld when we first came across it.
1: Well, and that's why you're our Survivor Spotlight tonight, because you were integral and instrumental in helping us understand what CauseWorld was when it first came out <laughs> and helping us develop a strategy to win a competition that got us into CauseWorld.
0: Yes. So, Jason, is there going to oh, – sorry, Jason, it's good. That's okay. didn't want to interrupt you. I'm just feeling like – it's so it's not very far away, or will there ever be a time where any of us, We'll get to go anywhere on this earth where somebody uh, won't know where we are, or that's just not never going to be anymore?
2: Well, you know, you're kind of almost at that stage now with your smartphones, if you have an iPhone or an Android phone. But the yeah. thing about that is if you go outside of cell phone signal range, you won't have your maps unless you have a special app. But, yeah, with GPS now, uh, GPS has limitations, certainly. But basically, anywhere you are, GPS knows it, and it's becoming more accurate all the time. They're constantly launching more satellites and refining the system. And that, you know, people at first, GPS was developed for the military. But now, I mean, look at—we're using it on our phones to raise money for charity. It's really come a long way in not a very long time, and it's going to keep going that way. You know, other countries are launching their own GPS systems and things like that. So it's something that's going to keep growing and developing and getting more accurate and have more uses. So it's really interesting stuff. That's
0: all that's all the that's all the positives, which I totally agree. The negatives is I suppose all of us are gonna end up like criminals with ankle bracelets on where people will know where we are at any given point in time.
2: Well my Yeah our, that's, that's yeah, I was something that's a... come up with Foursquare too, you know how yeah. much do you want to tell people <laughs> about where you are and what you're doing. So yeah, there's issues with that too and it is there is a big brother aspect to it. And certainly people have to choose for themselves you know, what they want to share and all that. But as geographers, if we can harvest that data, we love it um, and use it for good, of course. Uh, hopefully there's no evil for geographers good. out there. Our, uh, right. our
1: new operations associate, Kenny Kane, uh, said that there's a website out there called pleaserobme.com.
2: <laughs> yes, I've heard of that.
1: Which is all about how you know, you're letting people know when you're not home. And it's just if anyone decides to follow you on any geolocation or, you know, proximity-based system, (laughs) you're kind of screwed. Yeah. It's it's similar to, like, people who troll the newspaper to see where weddings and funerals are, you know, uh, knowing that people Mm -hmm. aren't going to be home and then they rob their house. Exactly. Well,
0: sure. Well, people are so... It's it's just become a part of life now that people post on Facebook or they tweet I'm here, I'm there, or Foursquare or all that stuff. And speaking of which, and stalking people, I'm going to ask Jason this only because as, as slightly related, um, but with a little bit of an entertainment twist. Jason, does River Phoenix's family still live in Gainesville, Florida? Because that was the one time that I was there was actually to interview him before he died in Gainesville, which is because his entire family lived there and he was uh, living with them out in the woods. Do you know anything about that?
2: Yes, they. I, I do remember this recently. Um, there was an article about that. I, some anniversary had come up. Yeah, they still live. I think in Micanopy, which is a tiny town about ten miles south of Gainesville, best known for having a all-nude restaurant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is, I which is why you which is why you know
2: it. <laughs> uh I have never been there. I've heard many horror stories though.
0: So
1: Lisa, <laughs> you, you interviewed River Phoenix when he was trying out for Stand By Me?
0: I interviewed River Phoenix uh after uh after running on empty uh I can't remember what film it was for, but I flew to Gainesville and I actually met him uh I, I literally picked him up in the street. Now it was it was prearranged. And he got in the car, and it was very hot and muggy in Gainesville, and he was wearing, uh, like, rubber beetle boots and long long john, uh, like, thermal underwear pants, boxer shorts over those, and some kind of uh, bizarre shirt, and uh, just a very interesting look. And um, totally nice guy, and he was dating at the time a massage therapist, Jack Buffard, not you, he was Jack Leopard? I know. Jack would have yeah, liked but that. If even if he, he were still that. alive,
1: I wouldn't date him. He oh.
0: was dating a massage therapist uh who lived in Gainesville and uh yeah, and we went out to his family's house and the, you know his family were all sort of major eco warriors before it was um fashionable to be so uh to be to be such and anyways that was my one recollection of uh Gainesville. Was Joaquin he was, there? He <laughs> was kind
2: of I didn't see Joaquin at the time. Joaquin was a young he that was there. He the was there physically, the but not down. mentally. <laughs> yeah. that's what the article in the paper is about. It's Joaquin Phoenix. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, it was his family. Well, same family, but yeah, same, that's it. Was when Walk the Line came out. That's right, right. Yeah. So that's they're all still, uh,
0: all down there. Anyway, that's. And, and so, I can tell uh, you, that
2: the airport has not changed. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like a that's, room. That's it. It's a it's, it's, it's tiny, tiny little place. So um. Uh,
1: before we cut to the news. We, we, we have to cut to the news, and Jason, you're going to stay on when we bring Syriac on. But sure. I just have to tell you my one Gainesville story. I've only been there once, and the only thing I remember are the, um, they, they sell these, like, like souvenir alligator heads, and they scare the crap out of me.
2: Oh, yeah, they do that throughout Florida, but they especially do it here because of the University of Florida Gators. Right, of course. exactly. And at football games, there's people that wear those on their heads.
1: There was a real alligator head, though.
2: Yeah, they, they hollow about out, wear them on their heads.
1: Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's keep you on the line. Um, I'd love to have you ask some of these. Uh, we have questions uh, of Syriac and lots of stuff to talk to him about for the next half hour. But let's, let's get to the news. We have some really cool stuff to mention tonight for all of our listeners. So let's cue this up. And, Hello, uh, I'm Kent Brockman. We'll this is Eye on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am.
2: Alrighty, during
1: this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we announce uh, worthy news stories to our adoring listeners, Um, thanks to Jack Biffard, hoping to not stammer through them. We don't want you missing out on free stuff, like conferences, happy hours, retreats, tweet-ups, scholarships, support groups, music concerts, rafting trips, rock climbing, and more. If you have something coming up that you'd like us to read during this segment on the radio show, please fax it to us at uh, 877-794-6902, or email jack at i2y.com. All right, folks, here's your Super cancer news. Head on over to events.i2y.com. Events.i2y.com is your one-stop shop for all Super cancer events happening nationwide. Stay in the loop, because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we don't want you missing out on it, especially if I'm not going to be there. We have some new stuff on our calendar that's on the events.i2y.com page. The first being here in New York City, Fashion Fights Cancer, being held August 19th from 6.30 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. Fashion Fights Cancer is an annual event using fashion to raise funds and awareness for cancer research. Fashion Fights Cancer showcases the best of the best while offering an inside peek into the world of fashion, which creates a total lifestyle experience. So, again, Fashion Fights Cancer, and the website is (coughs) fashionfightscancer.org. Canoeing and Connection, an adventure for singles with cancer, is a three-day canoeing trip and camping on the Colorado River. It's being held August 27th through the 29th, and it's for single cancer survivors 21 and older and are post-treatment. For more information, go to tinyurl.com slash canoe Connections, or you can call 720-252-5189 i spoke to our friend tracy maxwell a couple days ago and there were only 15 slots left for this only 15 slots left for last check and there were people that were like responding to my post about it so again canoeing and connection next up we have camp widow which is being held august 6th to the 8th in san diego Camp Widow is being offered for anyone who has lost a partner, whether you're a male, female, married, unmarried, whatever. Registration costs $375, and you can go to, is there a website for this? Campwidow.org. Campwidow.org. Thank you, sir. So campwidow.org for Camp Widow being held August 6th to the 8th in San Diego. Next up, we have the 2010 Live Strong Planet Cancer Retreat for Young Adults. It's being held in Austin, Texas, Friday, August 20th through Sunday, August 22nd. This retreat is open to young adults ages 25 to 40. Enjoy a weekend among friends in a relaxing, calm area overlooking the hill country of Austin, Texas. You'll have fun, eat healthy meals, and relax while talking with other young adults who get what you have been through. This retreat is both calming and relaxing. To register for this event, head on over to planetcancer.org. Or email them at retreats at planetcancer.org. Retreats at planetcancer.org. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, our official partner, is now offering programs for young adults aged 18 to 39 who are facing cancer. These programs include weekly online chats and periodic interactive webcasts. Learn more about these programs and how to register by going to lls.org slash yaconnect. This weekly online forum for young adults happens every Tuesday evening from 8 30 to 10 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, it's lls.org/slash yaconnect. All right, folks, being that I lack both the time and the intelligence to share with you all the great stuff we have going on in the young adult cancer world, we've created the Boof News blog. Everyone needs to check out boofnews.i2y.com. That's B-O-O-F.i2y.com for the official list of all Stupid Cancer News resources. These include surveys, exercise programs, writing workshops, peer services, and fertility resources. And that, my friends, is your Stupid Cancer News. Woo! You like that, huh, Pat? Loved it. Yeah, we got a lot of good stuff going up. We, we, like I said, we don't want anyone missing out on all these great things. Uh, before we bring out Syriac, uh, just two quick shout-outs tonight. Um, to uh, Karen Diamond from Connecticut and Craig Brandmeier uh, from, uh, where is he, Portland, Oregon? Portland, Oregon. Craig uh, was on uh, MTV's True Life and was wearing our wristbands and our T-shirts, and everyone was like, hey, there's a guy on MTV wearing our stuff. Reached out to him, great guy, wishing him all the best, lots of good karma. He's going through some tough stuff right now, and I uh, just want to send our best to him and his family. Definitely. And, Matt, I have news for you. What's that? Karen Diamond may be joining us in studio next week. Ooh. So hopefully she can make it. Karen Diamond is? Fabulous. Your friend? She is my friend. Is she on your payroll? She's not on my payroll. She's actually a pro bono friend. And (laughs) also, since we're on the subject of shout-outs, I want to send uh, another I2Y Connecticut shout-out to my BFF, Alex, who uh, had surgery this week. She was supposed to be here tonight, like I mentioned last week. Right. But she had some stomach pain, which ended up leading to surgery, and she came home from the hospital today, and she's a total rock star. And I got to visit with her yesterday. She's doing well. I just want to say, Alex, uh, I know you're listening, and speedy recovery. And we wish we could say uh, hello and uh, what we call in Yiddish, Mishaberach, wishing you well uh, to all of our... You could say to that. Everybody. To everyone out there. Um, fighting stupid fighting cancer. Fighting stupid cancer. So uh, there, this is a, a shout-out to all of you out there, and now it is time to introduce our main guest tonight... Mm-hmm. Syriac Roading is the co-founder of Shopkick, a company focused on the intersection of mobile and retail. He started the company after his position as entrepreneur in residence at Kleiner Perkins & Buyers. At KPCB, he focused on next-generation cross-platform mobile and online venture concepts. Previously, the founder and the EVP of CBS Mobile and CBS Interactive, he launched and built... CBS Corporation's mobile division across all of CBS Entertainment. Sports, news, and the CW Network. My old job. (laughs) Prior to CBS, he was the co-founder of 12Snap, a European mobile marketing and entertainment company, working with Coke, McDonald's, L'Oreal, Adidas, Nokia, Vodafone, and MTV. Before that, he was a McKinsey. My God, this guy makes everyone look bad. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, Syriac, Roding, Syriac. you i'm
3: already I'm already embarrassed by the intro how are you doing <laughs> oh
1: stop. you have to fire your your we're actually it. out of time, but thanks for being on the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Syriac, do you have a lot of dirt on Les moonvez uh
1: well,
3: you know if I had any, I would probably not share it right here but uh, <laughs> uh in fact uh i've worked for i worked with him for like three years. he's a pretty cool guy actually
0: yeah, that's a uh head of cbs entertainment for those out there listening who probably know because he makes himself pretty known in the press
3: is everything uh, so that i, I, I still David don't know Letterman?
0: why
3: still don't know why he hired me back then uh... so i'm still grateful for that
0: okay well we're uh... we're counting on you to tell us everything that we everything else that we need to know about the web and we uh... we assume that you just do an entire brain dump on us and our listeners uh... <laughs>
1: Go! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I was now. checking in somewhere. What are we talking about? <laughs> <All right.
0: laughs> but we should first talk about Causeworld. And Matthew, why don't you do the lead-in for Syriac for Causeworld and our listeners?
1: Well, I mean, we were introduced to this this thing, this thing called Causeworld, which popped up on Mashable, which is the, the leading uh, social media blog of, in the universe. And I know a lot of people there, and one of them said, Matt, you should check this out. And they were just getting started. They just had added a couple of organizations. They were it Basically, it's a, uh, sort of like it's a geolocation for your phone, and you check into stores, and you can get the, uh, the uh, managers of the stores to buy into the platform, and it engages consumers. And you earn karma points every time you check into a specific location or retail place, and you can apply those karma points toward the charity of your choice, and those charities are vetted by Causeworld, brought into their platform, and they've given something like 75 million karmas have been given away. Uh, you know the numbers better than I do. We've gotten well over a million karmas, which is you know ten to $15,000 so far from them. And uh, we really had to fight uh, long and hard to get into there. But it's, it's been a very rewarding experience. It's given us um, <clears throat> sort of exposure to a whole new community of people that didn't know we existed. And it's empowered our existing base to know that they could help us with the click of a free app on their phone. How's that? Am I hired? Uh, I, th- I think I'm already
3: leaving. You're, you're taking <laughs> over here.
1: I'm already out of the building.
0: Cecilia, tell us how you came up with that, because that was kind of your trial run, in a sense, for Shopkick. Is that right?
3: Yeah, that's right. It's actually a trial app. It was never intended to be like our main main application, but we were looking for a way to verify, prove or disprove, uh some beliefs about what mobile consumers want to do with their cell phones when they're out shopping and what they don't want to do. And we we actually believe there's kind of only one person in the world that can predict or or even decide uh, what consumers like and what they don't like, and that's Steve Jobs. And everybody (laughs) else can.
1: And
3: and since we're not Steve Jobs, uh, we decided we actually want to ask consumers uh, by simply showing something to them and giving them something in their hands and letting them play with it and so we handed Coswell to them uh, and launched that app on December 23rd of 2009, uh, two days before American Christmas and one day before German Christmas. And uh, people started playing with it, and uh, we were very surprised about what happened because we thought we were going to have a few thousand users, and that would have been very, very cool already. Uh, but it's actually a little—it di- became a little bigger than we thought it would.
1: It would. A li- just a little bigger. Can you tell us how many times the app has been downloaded?
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been like 550,000 uh, downloads in five months, which makes it, I think, the fastest-growing location-based retail app in the entire app store. Yes. And it's really cool because it shows you that not everything that people like to do is about being selfish, because the checking into stores that uh, you you use the app and you check into stores and you earn comma points as you pointed out, and then you can donate them to a charity um, that you prefer, uh, one of which is um, uh, one of which is I'm too young for this.
1: Which uh, is my favorite.
3: <laughs> which which is your favorite? My favorite. So uh, that is actually interesting because consumers are caring about more than just. Um, earning something for themselves all they can do here is earn comma points and give them to other people and the comma points get funded by big sponsors like Citibank Kraft Foods Procter and Gamble and Sears and they've provided more than a million dollars in charity money in total which is being distributed by consumers according to their preferences uh, on the app and that's kind of kind of cool that consumers get so excited about that and really want to give back, and, and we, we, we help them do that with this app.
0: So, Syriac, do, they, do the, the, the folks that you just named, Kraft, P&G, uh, who've put up the money, the donation money to go to I2I and other causes, and you've got a bunch of them on there, uh, my question is sort of what's, other than the charitable donations and doing a good thing, what else is sort of in it for them? Do they get a leg up in terms of, when you, uh, in terms of shop, Shopkick, um, how does that work in terms of how, how that benefits them?
3: It's a, it's a great question. I, the answer is that, uh, that this is actually, Causeworld is the first platform that turns marketing dollars directly into charity donations. So you put marketing dollars in as a brand, let's say a Citibank, Mm-hmm. That might have otherwise gone into billboards, uh, billboard advertising, outdoors. Right. And now you put it into Causeworld. And in, when consumers use the app, they're using it in a moment of very strong passion. Because, for example, somebody wants to plant a tree in the rainforest, right? Yeah. They tap on that. And behind it is American Forests. Or somebody taps on, I'm too young for this, and they want to help Fight cancer, Uh, and in that moment they are doing something they feel very passionate about, and it says made possible by City, and then they can even um, take their commas and donate them, and in that moment they can post it to their Facebook feed, and all their friends see it on Facebook as well, and guess what? It says um, uh, in that moment it says, for example, Jessica on Jessica's feed it says I have just help fight cancer uh, with I'm too young for this. And then below that, it says made possible by City, And so they are all over the web, millions of impressions on Facebook, uh, uh, millions of impressions on mobile. And all that is happening while you're in the shopping mode because you're at least out and about and you're at least close to stores. And if you are going shopping, you need a credit card. And guess who provides credit cards? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go shopping and you buy groceries, guess who provides groceries? That would be Kraft Foods. And if you're out shopping, guess who provides, um, uh, you know, laundry detergent? That would be Procter and Gamble. And if you are out and about shopping, uh, uh, guess who's one of the stores? That would be Sears. So in other words, you are in the shopping mode. But not only that, you're distributing, you're sharing your passion with others. And all that is always connected to the sponsor. And honestly, I I cannot imagine a more credible form of advertising than taking your marketing dollars and turn it into fighting cancer, into helping earthquake victims in Haiti, into planting trees in the rainforest and even, I don't know if you care about this, but some people do, even into feeding um, bananas to sh- chimpanzees I in saw Africa. That. I saw the bananas. Um,
1: That's awesome. Which is in fact, I gave major a banana on the way in today. Shut up. <laughs> yeah,
3: perfect. And by the way, there's also one helping you as entrepreneurs. The money goes straight to us. No, I'm
1: kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Kyrgyz, it's funny. The, the, uh, the, uh, the late comedian George Carlin famously said once that if you stick two things together, that have never been stuck together before, someone will buy it. And you did that. You connected geolocation with retail and consumer brand passionates. And I really commend you on, on putting those together. So my, I guess my question to you is, you know, at what point did you realize that you had an ROI to offer something like Procter Gamble or, or Chase or Sears or Citibank uh, if you weren't expecting to have a half a million apps downloaded? Well,
3: that's interesting. so the 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 honest truth about this is that, as an entrepreneur, you don't really know whether something's going to take off or not. You're putting your best foot forward and you believe in it, you love it, but you don't know, right? And so you've got to find people who believe that too, otherwise you cannot make uh, things possible. For example, in this case, why would you create a charity app that's downloadable to cell phones? If you've got no donation money, it makes no sense, right? So in other words, we didn't start coding a single line of code until we had at least a handshake, verbal go, from City and Kraft Foods. Uh, and only then did we start coding. And that only gave us seven weeks to launch, by the way, which was a crazy time, 20 hours a day of coding for the team here. Um, but we got people, we found people who believed in it before other people did. And that was um, Citibank and Kraft. And, yes, we really don't know why they believed in it that early on, but we only had a one-page document for them, and we explained the idea to them, and both of them reacted almost in a shout-out, that is so cool, we have to be part of this. Uh, and, And we were very grateful for that, because as entrepreneurs, you need people who believe in crazy ideas, otherwise you cannot realize them.
1: Well said, very well said.
0: So, this was also now, and and in terms of your text te, uh, test marketing usage, uh, you've got five hundred and fifty ish thousand, and now the next the next level is um, is Shopkick. to show you you you've got the usage that people are people have um, responded to an app like this. So tell us about how you now translate this into Shopkick.
3: Yeah, the next idea is basically around. Um, what happen what would happen if you took the idea of of causeworld and you turned it into a more selfish application so think of shopkick as the selfish version of causeworld where all the things that happen to you in in causeworld happen actually to you personally and you gain rewards and offers and um, uh, better information in this while you're out shopping uh, and and when you um, when you go into stores, what, if, what could happen if you could, could turn offline stores into interactive worlds? What if you could flip the switch? And instead of being in an offline enviro- environment, you're suddenly in an inter- interactive world that was never interactive before. And that's kind of the idea behind Shopcake. You take the notion of Causeworld, which is very charity-focused, and you turn it into a more selfish application and see what happens in that moment. And then we have a little bit of secret sauce uh, that we that we haven't disclosed yet and, and can't to launch that we've infused in the, into this app that makes it um, very different from anything that's out there. And there is really nothing in this whole notion of in this whole area of location-based shopping that um, is really uh, capturing all of the problems that consumers are experiencing when they're going shopping. Uh, for example, nobody ever knows who you are when you walk into a store, right? They're, I mean, the moment they find out is when you're leaving.
1: <laughs> in yeah. other
3: words, when you're using your credit card, and it's really not very efficient, and it's also not very nice, to be honest, because in so many cases, when you walk into a store, you're not really treated like an individual. And what, what would be possible if all that changed? And what would be possible if you had an interactive medium with you in an offline store, so the cell phone is so unique because it's the only interactive medium that you carry with you in an offline, inter- non-interactive environment.
0: So in terms of turning it selfish, uh, making it a, a sort of selfish application as opposed to Causeworld, you're what, getting discounts, you're getting deals, that kind of a thing?
3: Yeah, so you're getting all kinds of value in it uh, from from uh, uh, from offers to rewards to um social features to entertainment so think about walking through the world and everywhere you go shopping great things happen to you and you have no idea before what it will be huh are you going to shop more or less <laughs> <laughs> good for the economy
0: well i guess i would shop more
1: yeah maybe if we
3: <laughs> if i knew <laughs> great go,
0: things if, you mean if i knew that great things were going to happen to me walking that's into right. the store
3: Right, exactly. So if everything goes well, you will shop a little more, and then everybody will be happy, um, including the, the the store partners, the retailers, and we're building our retail partnerships. Um, and the first ones we recently announced were are, are going to be Best Buy and Macy's. And so yeah. Yeah. it was it was great for them to believe in this early.
0: So how do other than those other than uh, the hope of Consumers shopping more in places like Best Buy and Macy's. How do your investors uh, lay out for us how exactly your investors make money and, and also with Causeworld?
3: Yeah, so Causeworld is not really designed to make a lot of money. I mean, it's a charity application, right? And the goal is to do great things in the world and not to get rich um, because what we really want to do is for people not to be for people not to be hungry uh, or for earthquake victims to be helped, so we're not going to make a, uh, a ton of money on that. Right. And it was never the goal. It was a trial. It was a, a way to understand what consumers want to do with their phones, and wonderfully so, it actually became a vehicle where we're donating more than $150,000 a month now. So right. that's CauseWorld. But Shopkick is different. Shopkick is, is more, has, a, has a very interesting... Um, business model behind it, which is very new, and unfortunately, it's a little too early to talk about it, but uh, we should probably reconnect in uh, in, uh, in a couple of months, because at that point, we will be uh, a little bit
1: more uh, more visible. But What's I will tell you that we we did sign up to be one of your charter charity partners for Shopkick. We're very excited about that. Well, that's cool. Excellent.
3: Yeah, and uh, by the way, uh, it's a great story how you guys got on board, right, because the consumers we're actually asking for it. You won yes. the competition. We won the competition
1: by a landslide, and I'm very proud. Yeah, there of was
3: that. a vote, and consumers decided who should be on Shopcake, and uh, somehow you activated thousands of people. Uh, you did an awesome job on that. We oh. have a
0: tremendous base of uh, of supporters who are on board with uh, with what we do, and uh, we uh, are we we, we, we we love them. <laughs>
1: there was there was one night where I voted. And then went to bed, and we we were we were probably at like 16% of the vote, or something like that. And it was like the it was the afternoon that Matt had tweeted, like this is what's going on, and everybody needs to get behind us or whatever. So I saw we were at like 16% of the vote, and then when I woke up the next morning, we had 19% of the vote, and that's a uh-huh. huge shift when you got so many votes being spread out over so many different org, uh, organizations. No, it I, is. It's it's very impressive. Yep. And one of those. Oh,
2: right. Conveniently, that was the weekend we got the Zac Efron endorsement.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it was just the the stars aligned that same week because we were endorsed by by celebrity, uh, gorgeous uh, abs, uh, Zac Efron. What a babe! <laughs> did you say? Did you say Jack Bouffard? Shut up! So that sort of tied in the attention for us, and uh, again, the stars aligned, and we're very excited to have won the competition. But uh, we have Jason Malott uh, on the phone. He was on our Survivor Spotlight series. And he yeah. was one of the key integrators and influencers in helping us to get uh, the word out to, to help us uh, get get uh, competitive in the game there. I know he has a he has a question for you. So, Jason, go ahead.
2: Well, one of my questions I have, one of the roles I've had since we got on board with CauseWorld is getting our users, our i 2 i members to become users of the program. And one question we get a lot is, you guys don't have a BlackBerry app. And one of the questions I had is, is that in the future – and if if it is or if it isn't, you know, what are some of the roadblocks or challenges you face on that end? I mean, the Android apps and iPhone apps are great, but just wondering about that.
3: Yeah, so the, the short answer is we will always be wherever the consumer is. And so far, the problem is that there's a lot of BlackBerry users, but there's very few app users on Blackberries oh. Because it's actually quite hard to download apps on the BlackBerry. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but you have, literally have to download another app called the BlackBerry uh, App Store, and you have to download that app first because you, before you can download an, an app on the App Store. And that is because of car- uh, carrier contracts and other reasons. But it's not very simple to do it. Uh, and the, the, the unfortunate result is that BlackBerry has a lot of uh, users, a lot of uh, market share, but very little app usage. And therefore... For us, it's just not economical right now to produce an app for BlackBerry, uh, although you know, if more users were using those, those apps, we would, we would be delighted to do it. But it simply is for a startup company with not many people working there. You unfortunately have to make some tough choices sometimes and not do all the things you would love to do, and this is one of those.
2: Sure, sure, and I'm an Android user, so I'm only really familiar with that. Interface, but that's that. Like I said, that's the primary question I can say I've gotten from our users when interacting with them. So yeah, it's interesting.
3: Yeah, yeah. We we actually have um, received a few questions about it, but if you look at the stats, it's just unfortunately not such a big user base.
0: Sure. What is your um, projected uh, launch date for the Shopkick app, Syriac?
3: Probably in the next couple of months. So we're getting relatively close, and we're really excited. And right now, if you pass by sh- the Shopkick office uh, uh, at uh, 1 o'clock in the morning, it's likely going to be uh, daylight inside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a fun time, and um, it's very exciting. I don't know if you you probably can relate to it, because you've launched a lot of things yourself it's like when you've worked on something for a long time and you've thought about it and really mulled it over and over again. You talk to a lot of external parties and it's always been in the future and now suddenly it's becoming almost real. It's, it's a great experience.
1: I have a personal question for you uh, is that um, you, know, you, you obviously worked in the for profit world as an entrepreneur. Uh, did something in your life happen that triggered sort of the, the, sh- the, the interest in heading? to supporting the charitable universe, or was that something you were always inclined to do but just never had the opportunity?
3: It's the latter, because I have actually been searching for a way for a long time to combine the, the wonders of technology with the world of charity, and, and it has never really worked out, and now suddenly it was a natural thing. And, you know, it's almost funny that we're in the middle of Silicon Valley, and we have some, some let's say, very successful venture capitalist investors behind Shopkick, and that we are actually using venture capital to produce a charity app is very cool. <laughs> and, and certainly, um, you know, uh, it is not the purpose of the company uh, overall, but it's an awesome side effect that, you can You can test something and and fulfill a business purpose while you're actually uh, feeding hungry people or you know in this case support um, the fight against cancer uh, it 's a very honestly a very fulfilling aspect of this whole thing and we just recently got a picture from um, children in Cambodia at the border uh, where you know they are the kids of of traffickers border traffickers and um, and they live a very risky life with very little education and they all stood there at their little house there where they're being educated uh, with funds provided by Causeworld and each one is holding one letter up and they they said we love Causeworld and when you look at that uh, I don't know uh, business ends there and life begins you know what I mean it's it's a very uh interesting experience to um, build a startup and at the same time help do something good with it it's it's cool very poetic i that, like that
0: that. that 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 that's amazing syriac we have such a you know our, our our audience is obviously um young adults out there under 40 which correct me if i'm wrong but i believe you are as well and we have a I lot am, of yes. <laughs> we have a lot of entrepreneurs and would be entrepreneurs um listening among our community can you just tell us a little bit about your path, how you got to where you are, what advice you would give of how somebody under 40 uh, got to your position of out in Silicon Valley being an entrepreneur? Um, trace your, trace your, your path for us a little bit.
1: Yeah, I need money. I have three-month-olds. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know, we should talk offline. Okay, so
3: um, – Well, I'm obviously not from here. I grew up in Germany, but I grew up in this tiny village of 5,000 people, Uh, milk from the local farmer, that kind of setup. And um, I caught the mobile virus in 1994 when I lived in Tokyo uh, for a while, and I saw these people running around with these clunky machines in their hand called... Uh, Called mobile telephones and I thought that's the next next big media platform, which of course was a pretty crazy leap of faith in 94 and in 99 I dropped out of my consulting world where I was a consultant and I Had wanted to move to Silicon Valley already always working on high-tech stuff but ended up quitting my consulting company uh, three months before um, before moving over to Palo Alto from Germany and I stayed in Europe, and instead I built a mobile company, mobile advertising company called one to snap And we, built, um, we worked with Coke and McDonald's and Adidas and L'Oreal and 20th Century Fox and Nokia and Vodafone and Columbia TriStar and so on. Those were our clients. And that company turned profitable in '03, um, and I believe that the role of a good manager is to make himself useless, so I left my own company in '04. <laughs> and I wanted to move uh, to Silicon Valley as I hadn't been able to in '99, or to Shanghai, so I went to both places, and I ended up in Los Angeles. Huh. And in Los Angeles, I joined the largest company I ever talked to by a big factor, and that was CBS, the Television network. and I built up their mobile division um they had nobody in mobile and disney had 270 people at the time so i thought that might be a good way to come to the u.s and i since i didn't even have a work permit i thought that might fit so i did um came o- i came over that almost didn't work out by the way i was sitting in an uh empty uh, apartment with on moving boxes and i couldn't get my visa because of some um you know uh visa regulations and it was uh the u.s was running out of visas for foreigners and uh, I had to wait for a new class and it didn't come through. And in the end, finally, I finally got over here. That was in May 2005. And we built up CBS Mobile, uh, my co founder and myself. Um, and we uh, created a company within CBS from zero to 60 people and um, f- to profitability and uh, Emmy nominations in mobile. And then I wasn't needed anymore. Uh, in 08, so I left and I took a trip around the world with my then girlfriend and now wife and we went to 10 countries in two months um, crazy places like Bhutan and the Himalayas and Nepal and India and South Africa and the Amazon jungle and so on and I thought it was, an ama- it was amazing how, how important the cell phone was to people in these countries because for them that is their computer they don't have a notebook or a desktop. They are doing their daily bills with their com- with their cell phone and calculate the totals. And they use it for entertainment, listening to ringtones in uh, Kathmandu in Nepal. Um, you saw six kids uh, hovered around one guy with a cell phone, and they were playing the pre-installed ringtones. That was their entertainment. Oh wow! And and in South Africa, you would see. Uh, you know, at the red lights, when you would um, uh, hit a red light and you had to wait, usually they try to wash your windshield, right? Yeah. In this case, the same kind of hawkers, they're selling uh, ch- charge cords for cell phones that need to be recharged. And they don't on- only have one or two in their hand, they have 50. Um, And when you turn on the TV set in South Africa, the first thing you see is a legal consulting show where you can text in your legal problem and they give you advice by text message. And when you you get to uh, the Amazon jungle, you see uh, villages that have their only washing machine for 25 villagers connected to the main power line of the whole village directly connected – there's one washing machine, but there's 25 different cell phones. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. And it's so amazing. you learn a yeah. lot
3: about what that means to them, and it, it was very inspiring.
0: Yeah, it was true. I mean, I was just reading a piece on Somalia, which, of course, has been ravaged and been through wars for years, and the one way that they've built up their economy is through uh, cell phone companies and telecommunications, and you can go out to the most rural areas of the country uh, where there's just a guy on a camel and he's got a cell phone. So yeah, that's, that's right. To your, it's, to your point.
1: Was it
3: camera
0: yeah, Bluetooth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, so it,
3: it's actually it's very <clears throat> interesting um, how important this platform is. But I don't know if you guys know this, but by the end of this year, um, 5 billion people will have a cell phone in the world.
1: 5 wow. billion?
3: And the, yeah, and the total population of the entire planet is 6.7 billion. So you're talking about a penetration rate of more than 70% by the end of the year, and the cell phone is therefore by far bigger than the Internet uh, used through PCs. But everybody knows that. But what's more interesting is is that um, if you look at the mobile web usage in the U.S., the cell phone um, access to the Internet through the iPod and the iPod Touch is twice as fast as the fastest previous platform ever created which was Netscape for internet for internet access. Wow. Huh. So the so the mobile phone access uh through the iTouch and the i iP- and the iPhone is the fastest ever developed mo- internet access platform for consumers in the world.
0: Right. Wow.
1: Well, it sounds like you don't know anything about what you're talking
3: about,
0: and I think you should quit your job.
1: Well, I, at least I have the chance to fool you.
0: <laughs>
1: I really want to thank you for taking the time to be on the show. I'm, I'm fascinated by everything that you've done in your life. I'm fascinated by your level of entrepreneurship and what you've been able to do, and the George Carlin thing ring, rings true every time we get really smart people on the show that are changing the world. Uh, we would not be the organization we are today without your service. We are the fruits of your labor, and we are a great case study if you ever need one. So um, I do have three-month-olds uh, who need to go to college. So uh, if, you ha- if you're giving lectures or lessons on how to be an entrepreneur, sign me up.
0: Well, we're, yeah. we're all signing up. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we look forward to having you back on the show, and we look forward to our ongoing relationship with you. Yeah, that would be Paul. great. And, yeah.
3: and we would love for you guys to try our cake as well when it comes out. Oh, we're already on board to to ShopKick and beyond. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Well, it was great talking to you. Thank and, you And uh, make that's sure your three months olds are also uh, playing on Cosworld, okay?
1: <laughs> okay.
3: All, All right. We right, users. Yes. Okay,
1: take care. All right. Thank Syriac you. So much. Roding from uh, Cosworld and ShopKick, everybody. My brain hurts from how smart he is.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Ooh. that's some potent stuff. I also want to add that they were in the news today. That Shopkick was just infused with another fifteen million dollars of venture funding. So kudos, and,
0: uh, yeah to and, that that, and, and and involved in that is the one of the co-founders and I think CEO of LinkedIn. Of
1: LinkedIn, yeah, Reid Hoffman.
0: Yeah, Reid Hoffman is involved in their uh, next round of uh, that fifteen million of funding for Shopkick. So just, he's uh, yeah clearly uh, clearly onto something there. That he's got a yep. uh, big box investment. Yeah, folks I have in. a new
1: BFF. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <No deal. laughs> you know what i you know what I enjoy is when you go to the Causeworld website, you can see like live data of who's donating karmas to, to no the, it goes uh, back to what he said about the you know it's funny because he said that the shop- the shopkick is really gonna be selfish, but causeworld is narcissistic as 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 all get out you just happen to be uh doing social good while being narcissistic right. <laughs> Hey. Remember at OMG when we'll you were explaining it. Coswell to everybody and they had it up on the big screen? So I yeah. started donating a ton of karma. You did. To IPY, you did. Exactly. Was exactly. like Jack Buffard just helped <clears throat> young adults with cancer. Right. But, again, it, it goes back to this notion of, like, the end of privacy and, and social narcissism or selfless altruism, selfish altruism, that this is the way in which we, we get validation by telling people, look at the good that I've done. I'm going to feel good about myself because I just told 3,000 people on Facebook that I'm helping this cause, which inspires me to give money to the cause, but incentivizes me because it makes me look good to my friends. There you go. There you go. Social narcissism.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's what it is.
1: Yes. yes, yes and yes. how much was... fun is it to collect each level? Like, you know, you're like 400 karmas away from philanthropist, or 2,000 no, karmas it away from the No, it's psychology, it's anthropology, it's cultural uh Cultural bias at this point, because you you want it's all just this crazy competition, like like even with Causeworld. like we fight to be the mayor of I 2 Y, which means nothing that's, that's, that's in foursquare. the scheme of I'm foursquare. sorry, what did I say? You said Cosworld. We fight to be the mayor of I 2 Y. What does that even mean? It, it doesn't mean, mean anything. It means anything except our own stupidity. Like my my friend Courtney became the mayor. Cosworld of- has purpose. <laughs>
2: I don't know what the hell.
1: My, my koala and all those? My friend Courtney became the mayor of my housing complex, and it bummed the crap out of me. And I would check in all the time, like, hoping to become mayor again. But it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. No. We have to figure out a way to make Foursquare matter. But I think Coswell and Shopkick are going to keep it completely square Foursquare only matters when you have friends that you're constantly trying to one-up and ball-bust. Right, or whatever. exactly, exactly. No, I think Syriac has cornered the market, and there is no competition for anything he's got planned. So, once again, kudos to him. But uh, final announcement before we close the show tonight again, folks. Tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, next Monday is our final show of Season 6. We have now completed 90 broadcasts of the Stupid Cancer Show. Um, No, I I messed that up. Uh, 190 broadcasts of the Stupid Cancer Show uh, since we launched over three years ago. And uh, we will be on hiatus in August. And coming back the Monday after Labor Day, which I believe is September 10th, 9th, something like that. Oh, so we're not coming back for Labor Day; it's the Monday after. The Monday Labor Day. after Labor Day, yeah. So that would be the mm-hmm. 11th, I think. Is it? The, no, we're not. Not September 11th. It's not. No, it's not Patriots. No, Whatever it's, it it's it's the 13th. <clears throat> right, 13, thank 13th, Thank you. 13th, yeah. So uh, and uh, at our new time of 8 p.m.
0: That's right, folks. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. 7 Central, 6 Mountain, and 5 Pacific.
1: And 2 a.m. in Japan, right? Or whatever and maybe 4:30 yeah. in Hawaii. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll get it all sorted out for you. We'll
1: figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll use uh Coswell and Jason's cartography skills to make it work.
2: Yes, we will, Jason. And all that. Yeah, I'm always willing to contribute. <clears throat> you know that I'm. Uh, it's as crazy as my mad scientist cartography skills are. I, I'm always looking for a way to help I2I uh... with it because i like i said, i think there's a lot of avenues out there i think syriac is really onto something with his uh... system there he i, I mean i did a lot of research in preparation for show, and he's just a real fascinating individual lots of amazing projects so yeah
0: thank god for jason He's the only one smart
2: enough to really understand what syriac was saying
1: yeah this is why we had jason on the show because my <laughs> brain is liquefied at this point
2: right. Well, I could have come up with questions like all night for the guy. I mean, after what I read over the past few days, just so much stuff there. But you know, so we're having him. Yeah, we'll ha- we'll have him back. We're
0: not letting him out of our clutches.
1: No, we're not. No, once the shopkick launches, he's ours. He's, he's coming right. back. He's coming back. He's
0: ours. Anyway, we I should know probably. I'm really yeah, we should probably. We
1: should let we give him
0: hug- a spot? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Funny, Jack.
1: Yeah. That's good. Bye, yeah. Jack.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> wah 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 wah. Uh. Anyway. Uh, let's let the good folks go to bed.
1: Yes, it's time to go to bed. Thank you, Lise. Thank you, Jack. We'll see you back here next week, folks. And uh, great Thank show. You, great show. Thanks um, for tuning what'd in, What would you folks. think, Pat? Uh, it was a great show. I'll have to come back. Did not think I had it in me, huh? Uh, he, actually, no one he thinks of anything in you Same. in bed. All right, <laughs> folks. That's tonight's show. And now it is time for our closing sequence.
2: Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the...
1: Uh, Internets. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, my <laughs> you done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, folks, that's tonight's show. I hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer. Hello? I'd like to thank our guests. Jason Malott Syriac Roding In our studio Jennifer Sika, Stephanie Swersky and Patrick McNamee. Next week show our season finale Voices of Survivors with the one and only Lynn Lane. In our Survivor Spotlight Katie Justwicky, young adult survivor of breast cancer, I 2 I San Francisco Regional Chair. John Sabia, young adult cancer advocate founder of Hillside Media and the producer of the i2i documentary film. And the one and only Lynn Lane, prostate cancer survivor, executive director and founder of Voices of Survivors. If you missed any of our past shows, check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com and please subscribe to the podcast. On the iTunes store, just search for Stupid Cancer. Remember, folks, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. We'll see you all back here next week, live for our season finale. From the chemo deck, Jack Bufardt, Lisa Bernhardt, Amanda Freeman from First Ascent, Captain Stubing, and I wish you all a great week. Go to bed, Jennifer Pace. Focker out. Welcome home.